What's up, everyone? This is Preston from the I Love You Man podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Razels. Uh, Razels is a fruit snack made with actual real fruit, so you don't have to question what you're putting in your body. Um, it's the original fun flavor, golden raisin, and comes in a bunch of different flavors. My personal favorite is watermelon shock. It comes in other ones, including like tropical, orange, lemon, and pineapple chili limon, which is another fan favorite. You can buy yours at shop.razels.com. It's shop razels.com and shipping is absolutely free and on top of that we're including a 10% off discount code so you can use our discount code at sours143 once again that discount code is sours143 so we eat them before every episode um, they're literally addicting my kids eat them they're great go find them now online razels I love you man I love you too, bud. I love you, dude. I love you, bro, Montana. I love you, Holmes. I love you, Brosif Quiggles. I love you, Machacha. I love you, Tico Brohe. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the I Love You Man podcast. Uh, while you're at it, just go ahead and press that subscribe button and go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at IOIManPodcast.com. Um, so excited for this episode today. Um, we have the one and only Jordan Feliz. What's up, Jordan? Hey. What's up, guys? Nothing much. Just living our best life. Hey, I love that. Love it. And before we get anything too deep, Ramon has the quesadilla question. You know how it goes. Quesadilla question of the episode. Echo and Weldon, if you're in town or passing through, maybe you're in the middle of a tour or something, Yeah. and you you need a good quesadilla spot, quesadilla gorilla. Mention the podcast, you get 10% off. Boom. Here it is. We're in the era. We've been in the era of boy bands, and there's every... I'd say decade at this point. It's going to be there's going to be two or yeah. three that make it. Yeah. If you could just be thrown into one, it wouldn't be weird. You'd fit in. You'd be a part of the whole organic chemistry that these guys have. Yeah. What boy band that already exists or existed would you want to be in? That's a great question. That's Preston came up with that. Uh, I can't take credit for it. <laughs> I would probably say either NSYNC or Jonas Brothers. Okay. I don't know if I could choose okay. one, though. We're big, we're big Joe Bro guys I'd, here. I'd probably fit into Jonas Brothers. Better. I mean, side question then. So, when they were first touring or what they're doing now? Probably what they're doing now. Okay. Yeah. They're more established now. They well, know it's not doing. even like the establishment. It's more of just like, I just, the music's better. They're a little more <laughs> like musicians, I feel like. Yeah. It's not so prepubescent, yeah. like whiny yeah. voice. I yeah. agree. Yeah. My, my original answer was Jonas Brothers, but since you used that one, I'm going to go with uh, One Direction. For sure, they were, D, man. they were stadium. Big they time. make some they bangers, were, dude. They, dude, they did have bangers. And yeah, I'll admit it. Story I of my life. I Ooh. just were you gonna say that? I mean, I can just keep listing them off. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> no story yeah. of my life every single time. <laughs> story of my life. That's the one. If it's a rainy day at all, and I'm heading somewhere, like I yeah. just play that one really loud. There you go. And then you stay in the car parked for a while, just let the windshield wipers go, but you're just singing. <laughs> it might just be me. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> Um, and then for me, we were talking about before you got here, kind of cheated and gave ourselves the question first, but, uh, BTS, I think we decided what they were called. Uh, the, uh, the K-pop. What's the uh, big K-pop? Boy band. It's like a massive craze to where I still don't fully comprehend it, but all I, I know don't is... don't even get it. I don't either, but whenever they're at the award shows and the camera pants to them, any one of them, the, whoever's in their arenas just goes nuts. Yeah, dude. Just even looking yeah. at them. Like, I they don't know. have to say any words. Yeah. And so just to experience that, like, atmosphere, no matter where you go, like, I feel like that would be something, so. That's, an, it's literally insane. Yeah, no, I really. Know. I think and that's I, the definition. I've literally had um, 
we were doing these coffee meet and greets on the last tour I was on and uh, where I just show up at a coffee shop and we'd tell people on Instagram that I was going to be there and people would show up and there were probably three times in which like these like nine or 10 year old girls would show up and they're like, you're my second favorite artist. <laughs> no, they flat out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you. Did you I'm ask him behind honored. you? And they're always like, BTS is my favorite. <laughs> I'm like, who is BTS? Like, yeah. I'm like, who is this? And then I went and I looked at it and I'm like, and I was listening. I'm like, <laughs> what? Yeah. It's what? a movement. It's yeah. And I mean, I guess I'm just not on the movement. I'm I, not on the train, but I that's find okay. It's funny that they they flat out look in the eyes. Oh, you're number two. Yeah. <laughs> Think Gosh. about anyone in your life telling you you're number you're two. You're my eighth favorite. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah. cool. Thanks. I and love that you got that a number for that. It's that age group, too. It's <laughs> yeah. funny that oh, it's that totally. age group. Oh, totally. I love it. No, it's awesome. It's great. I was going to say, what's it, what's it like encountering fans? Like, do you encounter them on the daily? Like when you leave here today, do you expect to be stopped at least once? Kind of. Especially being from Fresno. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like being from here, yeah. I mean, I usually expect it at least at least once usually. Um just cuz I don't know. I feel like if I don't, it throws me off a <laughs> yeah. little bit. Like, like wait a cuz I'm super not that guy. Like I don't I don't really like the I love playing music and I love what I do, but the whole like fan thing kind of mm-hmm. wigs me out a little bit because it's just a little strange, especially like when the sole purpose of what I do is to point to somebody else. It's mm-hmm. not really yeah. supposed to be about yeah. me. Yeah. And, um, and so it is a little strange. We've gotten in some super weird situations. Oh, I'm sure. We've also gotten in some. It's totally normal ones too. Um, my road manager Joe, he's he's here obviously. Yeah. Uh, but he has to walk me through it all the time. <laughs> Make sure we weren't going to kidnap you. Like, yeah. Hey, come to this ad. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey, Joey did a yeah. drive by. We saw him yeah, earlier. He, was, <laughs> he checked it out. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna come to this back room real quick. Yeah. Shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some coffee, dude. <laughs> Got a guy taking pictures. It's cool. He's with yeah. us. Yeah, he's yeah. with us. It's going to be fine. I feel like, no, anyone that gets into kind of what you're doing doesn't do it because, like, oh, I can't wait for everyone to be obsessed with me. Like, yeah. No, oh, I don't man, think yeah. anyone does it for that. No. Anyone that becomes an artist like you just genuinely enjoys to make music and perform music. Yeah. And it's not yep. so much you're there for just the, oh, they're screaming for me. Like, that's not it. Yeah. I'm, and, I mean, there's a very, I mean, there's an endearing, like, super sweet side to like the cheering and all that. And I, I'm, it's not like I don't enjoy mm-hmm. it, but at the same time, that's not why I'm there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's such a kind gesture for people to love what you do. And, you know, you're, you're creative and yeah. you, you know, you, you're doing your best to just be yourself and put music out that, that resonates with people. Um, and then, you know, when they love it, that, that feels really good. Cause it feels like you're on the, the right, path you know yeah um but uh but yeah man it's uh it can get a little crazy sometimes oh, sure. too but uh but for the most part people are pretty normal i had brought this up to Ramon earlier and it's a burning question i had to ask <laughs> when did you realize that you were gonna have to wear the hat that you wear a majority Dude. of the time <laughs> was that incidental or on it's, purpose it's so funny because literally this is a this all started from my wife So my wife, uh, right before we moved to Nashville for my birthday, my wife bought me this green 
Brixton wide brim hat. Yeah. And I just started wearing it all the time, like all the time. When we got to Nashville, I wore it like every day. And the sole purpose of me wearing it was because I didn't have to do my hair in the morning. <laughs> like I knew that I could literally toss this thing and I would look polished or I would look like I could look casual. I could just put a hat on and it would be great. Like that. And so I immediately was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I can shower and put this thing or put a beanie on and like, I'm great. And so I just started doing it. Um, and then, I mean, it just kind of became a part of me. Yeah. So, and now it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so funny. People it's ask iconic, me at the dude. show, they're like, so is it glued to your yeah. head? I'm like, no, that's funny. Yeah. You come out on stage without it. No one cheers. Cause they don't recognize it. They don't you. know who, yeah. who it is. <laughs> it's opening yeah. act. I've never heard guy of that's doing the sound check before you come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before all this, this happened, you know, you were able to chase this dream when you're growing up in Fresno. Yeah. What were you doing? What was the what was the original plan? Was this always the plan, or do you just was there a part time job you were working? Were you yeah. over at Saymart, Starbucks, like us? <laughs> dude, I um, dude, I literally kind of didn't have a plan. Honestly, okay. I think um, so. Kind of my story here is uh, when I was growing up, um, I really wanted to be a drummer. That's like what I really wanted to do, mm. and um, so I had learned how to, I had been taking piano lessons for years. And, um, so every Sunday I'd go into my youth group like early and I'd play the drums Yeah, and, um, I taught myself how. And so then I started playing for my youth group. Uh, but then, so one Sunday, uh, the guy who was supposed to come and lead worship for our youth group didn't show up. Uh-oh. And, um, I'll never forget my, my youth pastor. He, he walked over to me and he goes, Hey, uh, I know you can sing, and I know you know these songs. Will you lead worship this yeah. morning for us? Because you know, obviously, this guy's—he's not going to show up. And and I was like, <laughs> "That's hilarious." No, I've never sang in front of anybody in my life. Are yeah, you kidding yeah. me? And uh, and he kind of guilt tripped me. He's like, "Well, I guess we just won't have worship this morning." Oh. <laughs> You're like, and, no. And I'm like, oh, seriously. Typical youth pastor. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who I like owe my entire yeah. career in life to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Note. yeah. Um, but uh, no, seriously, uh, I walked up there. I literally, my hands just shook the entire time. I, cause I, I kind of had knew how, I kind of knew how to play guitar a little bit. So I, I had a guitar that I was kind of hiding behind. <laughs> um, and a couple weeks later, he grabbed my parents. Um, and was like, hey, I really think that Jordan has like this anointing on his life to sing and, and to lead people in worship. And um, that kind of started that whole yeah. thing for me. Um, and as I grew up in high school, I kind of had a, like a garage band. And then my senior year in high school, I had a band uh, that was from Reedley mm -hmm. that reached out called The Current Affair. And they were like, hey, we need a singer. We saw you play at this coffee shop. And we would love if you would come and try out for our band. Dang. And I had my own band that was like that. I had three of like my best friends at the time. And it was like, I just remember writing back. It was on MySpace. Hey, MySpace. And uh, I wrote back and was like, nah, man, sorry, I'm good. You know? Yeah. And then literally like three days later, I, I genuinely felt like God was like, you need to revisit this. Yeah. 
And so I ended up writing them back and I was like, hey, if you're still looking, I'll come out and I'll, let me just listen to the songs. And I, I went out there and met the drummer and their guitar player and I I fell in love with the dudes and then I, I fell in love with the music too. I was never really like a yeah. huge like metal guy, you know, but at the same time I really loved like what they were doing and like yeah. it just seemed really creative and exciting and so... Um, I did that for five years. Dude, fun fact, I saw a current affair. Spirit did you? West Coast, 2007. Yes. <laughs> Bought a oh CD. Oh, my gosh. That was our first year ever at Spirit West Coast. He shows you a tattoo. Yeah. 2007. <laughs> you signed my bicep. You don't remember? <laughs> I got it tattooed on my bicep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where we leave. <laughs> um, wait. So, yeah, right. <laughs> we oh close our God. eyes from laughing, but he's really gone. <laughs> um, so when you made that jump to go to that band, what happened to the... Actually, no, I had one other question. So the guy okay. that called out a youth group, um, does he understand the first domino, that he was the first domino? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does? Yeah, okay. he's still... We're still in contact. Okay, cool. Still yeah. collecting royalties yep. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Into the contract. He gets a check every six months. It's go. Okay, yeah. good. I, if yeah. he didn't, I was going to be offended for him. <laughs> um, so then, when you made that jump to the other band, yeah. what happened to the original band? They were a little mad at me for a little while. Understandably. Um, but... Uh, they all, we all kind of just got over it. And I mean, we pressed on and basic two of the three of them were in my wedding. So oh, well, everything's yeah. fine then. Yeah. Well, that's well, how you win yeah. anybody back. Yeah. Put them in the groom's party. Yeah. <laughs> um, the ultimate yeah. Of how old were you at that Still. time? Um, I was 17. Okay. Yep. Then yeah, they'll get yep. anyone to get over anything happening at that yeah, age. Yeah, exactly. Did you, exactly. what high school did you go to? I went to Buchanan. Okay. Did you do any drumming there okay. at Buchanan? No. Okay. Oh my gosh, no. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Nope. That's, I, that's a hard no for anyone I had that to choose, hear it. I remember I think running into like going into freshman year, you had to like choose between band or sports. And so Classic I just was like this. I've heard yeah. a lot of people say that. <laughs> yeah. About, like so you close. just gotta pick you one. gotta pick. And yeah. then I was like, okay, well I'm choosing sports because yeah. I really like wanted to do that. So what sports did you play in high school? I played water polo. Okay. Yeah. They had a decent team, I feel like. We did. We had a really good team until, let's see. So you discovered music, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, honestly. And then once you left, they went downhill. Yeah, they really did. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure they won, like, like, I think they won, like, the actual championship the year I left. So maybe I was the one holding them. (laughs) No, stop that. (laughs) Don't you say that, okay? Not at all. Um, so flash forward to, um, well, actually right before you moved across the country. Yeah. What led up to that? Well, I was in a current affair for almost five years. Um, and we had been, you know, just touring our butts off and I mean, we were so just deep in the grind. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was just, just not, it was, it, it was a bunch of, you know, 20 year olds like touring around and trying to run a business you yeah. know, together. And so, um, we kind of all, uh, well, four of us, not including me kind of had, they had the original guys before me had kind of decided that they were going to move on and that it was done. And I was just about to get married. So I was kind of stressed out. Cause I'm like, this is my only means of income and it wasn't very much money but it was at least something yeah um and so i kind of like 
in a bad turn of events because there were some people that w- didn't want me to. And Joey, it, we were kind of divided by like this whole idea of me continuing mm-hmm. without people. But I did for about, it was only about six months, I think. And then I ended up kind of changing the name and trying to do it like a different thing. Cause it wasn't necessarily the same as it was. It was kind of a weird transitional yeah. phase of like creating, um, I had a, a guy that I was working with in town who was playing guitar with me and it was just kind of this thing. And, and then in that phase, basically I got a phone call from one of my friends, one of my best buds who used to be in a band that he was like my favorite rock band growing up called falling up. And, um, he was like, Hey, I know we haven't talked for like six months, yeah. but this is so random, but I feel like like two days ago, God came to me and, and he told me that I'm supposed to manage you. Dang. And I was like, that is a little weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and what the craziest thing is I was just about to sign a, another management deal that day with a guy from Nashville. And so I like literally was printing out paperwork to sign. And so I'm like, all right. So I called this other dude. I'm like, Hey, pump the brakes. We're just going to see what the Lord does here. And I prayed about it. And it's uh, usually in my life, I feel like it's either a very extended amount of being patient or God is like, yes, it's like almost immediate. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I like literally felt like immediately it was like my, this is like one of my best friends, Adam and, you know, and so he flew me out to Nashville to write with some writers okay. out in Nashville that were just friends. And like Mike Donahue, who's from a band called 10th Avenue North and David yeah. Leonard, who was in a band called all sons and daughters. And mm-hmm. he's been a part of a lot of big like worship songs. And so I flew out there to go write these songs and I fell in love with Nashville, man. I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like yeah. for a guy who's literally like grown up in Clovis, it was like going to a place of just, wonder yeah. i don't know it was just yeah. amazing and beautiful and everything's green and just <laughs> that's always the weirdest thing when yeah. you leave uh, like our area yeah and you go out of state you're like yeah How come everything's green yeah yeah <laughs> is this on purpose is it <laughs> why isn't it brown yeah like, yeah no seriously <laughs> it was your last fire yeah. <laughs> yeah. i don't understand <laughs> oh my gosh when was your last drought do yeah. you have water here yeah right um no but seriously so man, I just fell in love with it. And I came home, I had just gotten married mm. and my wife, you know, was actually making money and I was making, you know, nothing. And, um, I had kind of gotten this other kind of side job at a church called Clovis Hills here in town. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had been leading worship there and, you know, they would pay me a little bit here and there. And, um, and we prayed about it for a year to move to Nashville and I had flown out there every three months to go mm-hmm. right. And, um, we were literally living in tower district. Shouts out to tower district. Yeah. Shout out to tower. We frequent there quite yep. often. And we were riding our bikes to teasers. Yeah. Yes. And, um, I'll never forget it guys. I, we're riding down the street that teasers is on, not olive, but the like side street. Yeah. And I literally felt like God was like, you're moving to Nashville. Like, just clear as day, like, in my heart, in my mind. And I'm like, 
whoa. And I got goosebumps like all over my body. And like, I'm just riding my bike. I got really quiet, which is rare for me. <laughs> and my wife got quiet, which isn't that rare for her, but it, it was just kind of eerie feeling. And I turned and I looked at her and we both like looked at each other like the whoa. same time. And she literally looked at me and she goes, I know this is really strange, but I think God just told me that we're going to Nashville. What? And I was like, I got the same feeling. That's like, I literally just got that same feeling right now. That's why I got so quiet. And she was like, me too. And so we literally sat at teasers for like three hours and talked about the logistics and how we're going to make this happen because we can't afford to move to Nashville, like all these things. And, um, and we, we did, we just decided to go. Um, and I mean, you know, I was, I was in a band for five years and we had, you know, toured a lot of the, you know, a lot of the West side of the the country. And so I felt like I had some contacts and I had a lot of friends that were over Mm -hmm. on the East coast. And I tried booking shows to pay for our move because we couldn't actually afford to move. Yeah. To make it happen. Um, so I did, I booked two weeks of shows across the country. Dang. Um, and then two weeks before we left, every single one of them got canceled. What? Yeah. Why? Um, dude. Various reasons for each one? Like the craziest reasons, dude. Like there was a church that I had called one of my friends who was in a band from Texas and he hooked me up with this church in Amarillo and the dude called me and goes, Hey, our pastoral staff, like all of them, just up and left what? yesterday. And we don't know what we're going to do. So we can't have you come in and lead worship because we don't even have a staff anymore. So we're trying to figure this out. Like just the craziest yeah. stuff. And I, I remember thinking, this is so extreme. Like all these stories are so extreme. Like is this like God being like, yo, I never told you this. This yeah. was all you, yeah. man. Like I never said to go. Um, and so, man, we, we like dove into pray. I mean, it was like, I was praying like every hour on the hour, like, are we going, are we not going? Like, tell me. And we just kept feeling like God was like, just trust me, just go. Yeah. I'm like, how am I supposed to try? I can't afford to go. Like I can't, we won't make it, you know, but I'll never forget. I mean, literally. And so around that time, too, one of my best friends who had been playing drums for me, mm-hmm. who lived in Modesto, he literally calls me. He's like, hey, I'm bored and I just want to move. So can I move with you to Nashville? Like literally. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I oh, yes, let me talk to my wife about it. And we were we were like, OK, we're doing that. So yeah. he hopped in <laughs> uh, and y'all literally. So the day we left, so we left my parents' house, I had nowhere to go. I had no shows booked. I had nothing. Yeah. So we're like driving down the 168 and I'm calling churches like, hey, do you need a worship leader tonight? <laughs> yeah. uh, and they're like, no, sorry, we don't have a service on Saturday. You know, and I'm like, okay, cool. And so then I'm, I'm just calling. I'm cold calling. I'm just looking on my maps on my phone and I'm just like clicking churches and calling. And I got a hold of a church um, right outside of San Bernardino. And they were like, yeah, uh, we can pay you like a hundred bucks. And I'm like, perfect. Can I sell yeah, merch? You didn't have before. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so I did that literally all the way 
to Oklahoma City, basically. Um, but in Oklahoma City, so basically we had made enough to make it to each city. Yeah. So like it was like we Dang. just had enough. Man. It, was t- it was that test, like a daily test. Oh, it seems bro, like literally. I mean, and you every had to pass day, like twenty times to make it to the final exam. Exactly, and it was like we got to we got to Amarillo, and then we drove to Oklahoma City, and I had called everywhere, dude. I had literally called every contact I knew in my phone that lived within. like a probably 500 mile radius of Oklahoma city. And I got a hold of a buddy of mine who was in a different band from Beaumont, Texas. And he goes, Hey, I have a friend who has a church there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they're going to need anybody, but just call him. So I call him and he's like, man, we, we don't need anybody, but I've got this guy. His name's Tony Bailey. I'll never forget his name. I'll never forget (laughs) him. Um, he's got a church that meets in, in the barn of his backyard. That's legit. <laughs> and I literally was sitting there thinking, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah, we'll go play in a barn. Hey, Sam, when do you uh, want me? <laughs> yeah. And so I um I call this guy Tony and I'm like, hey, it's sun it's Saturday night, you know. Do you need somebody for tomorrow morning to come in and lead worship? And he's like, dude, I actually do. <laughs> Um, he's like, our worship leader just canceled on me like literally an hour ago. So I'd love if you could come in. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I could probably pay you like a couple hundred bucks. And I'm like, dude, great. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And so I walk in there and he goes, Hey, just a heads up, like the morning of, um, the Oklahoma, uh, city bombing marathon is today. And almost our entire church is participating in it. Which our entire church, I mean, we're talking like it's a barn. So, I mean, yeah. there's not very many people. Yeah. Um, but he's like, so it's going to be a little light today. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's okay, you know? Yeah. And so I went up there. We played two services, 26 people, two services. Between both? <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. And uh, And what was cool, though, is all the people from first service stayed for the second service. Oh. Um, and so... I, you know, walked off stage, Tony preached, and I walked back to the merch table where we were signing CDs and shirts, and um, all of a sudden, everybody starts coming back, and they're like, it was just all 26 people are lined up to buy merch, and I'm like, yeah. praise Jesus, like, we'll make a little bit of money, like, hopefully we can get to Little Rock, you know? Yeah. And um, this this dude walks up, the the second guy, this lady walks up, she buys a shirt, a CD, she buys everything that I have. The second guy walks up and he hands me a check for $500. And he said, dude, the entire time you were up there first and second service, the Lord said you needed this, so I'm giving it to you. What? And I was like, oh my gosh, bro. Like, you have no idea. Like, this. <laughs> and I, I remember I like, I literally just wanted to cry, dude. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, we might make it, you know, like yeah. th- at this point I'm thinking we might actually do this. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, there is still so much doubt in my head at that point. And, um, did you have a place lined up in Nashville to stay or like we did? Okay. Yeah. We had a place that we had lined up, but we had to, we had to get there to sign the lease and stuff. We couldn't gotcha. do it digitally. She didn't want us to. And yeah. so I was just, th- and it was a great deal too. So yeah. I was really nervous to like skip out on it and, mm-hmm. But we didn't even, that was the other thing. We didn't have the money 
to sign the lease and to pay down on our first and last month. Gotcha. So that was the thing that I had kind of accounted for in our move money was yeah. like when I booked these shows, you know? Yeah. And so guys, literally that happens. Yeah. Several times. So all of a sudden I got another dude who hands me a $300 check. What? And then I get another, I get a lady who hands me a $700 check. And I'm literally just sitting there. And by the end, the last guy, he walks up and he's like, hey, give me one of everything. Um, I want to hear, oh, that's what he goes. I want to give you this. It's a $500 shell card that I got as a oh, gift man. for gas. That's Dang. so smart. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he was like, he was like, and he was like, um, I want to go fill your tank up right now too. So he's like, I just want to make sure your gas is covered to Nashville. Like, I want to make sure this is taken care of for you. What? And dude, I just started bawling like a child, <laughs> dude. I mean, I was just like crying. And literally, I, I walk into this church. I play in front of 26 people. We almost made $3,000 in merch. Yeah, this is all at the, this is all at the barn church. At the barn church. What? And we walk in, and I'll I'll never forget my wife and me and David. We we get in the car. Our dog is in the van. Our cat is in the van. Like we've got our entire life in this van and trailer. And the three of us just start sobbing, dude. Like we're just sobbing. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. Because now, like at this point. We didn't just have enough. Uh, we had an abundant amount. Like we had yeah. enough to get to Nashville. We had all the gas money we needed. Yeah. We had enough money to put down on, on our first and last month for rent, mm. and we had extra money. Yeah. It was just like this thing, and we got to Nashville, and I'll never forget. I literally felt like when we got there, God was like, "If you just trust me, I'll give you everything you need and more." Yeah. But you got to stop trying to do it on your own. Mm. And so that's been like my entire career. It's just been like trying to wrestle with that human nature of like yeah. wanting to have my hands in it. And then also, you know, be reminding myself of like, no, but like if I do just give it to him, even though it's going to look terrifying, I know it will. Yeah. It's going to work out way better than, than I could ever do. So, well, I was just telling Braden before you got here, I was like, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Like anything. Like if you think it would oh, I can't believe this happened, you gotta have to take a step back and be like, you know what? There's a reason this bad thing just happened. Yeah. For you, these churches that, you know, oh, we already have a worship leader tonight. Sorry, we can't have you. Like, oh, sorry, we canceled this show, blah, blah, blah. If you would have picked up one of those shows, it would have altered your road trip just a little bit. Yeah. Your time stent there. That would have been one extra yeah. night somewhere else. You would have led to that point where in Oklahoma you were exactly, able to make it for dude. that one day for that one person or maybe made that phone call. Yep. I know, dude. And that venue is the one that kind of changed it. Literally. Do you talk to anybody that you met that day? Yeah. Um, I've emailed Tony a couple of times. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he he's emailed me a couple of times and been like, Man, I'm just so proud to see you like, you know, where God's taken what you've done and all this stuff. And it's it's really cool, man. It's um that like trip really like has shaped a lot of my career and a lot of my, like my vision even for like what I do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, it, 
just insanity, dude. It's it's a crazy thing. So when you got to Nashville, what was the game plan? Just booking as many shows as possible? No, actually, our game plan when we got to Nashville. So this is crazy, y'all. Yeah. So my game game plan when we got to Nashville was we wanted to just find a job. Yeah. Um, and because of that one church, we had four weeks to find a job. Yeah. Which and so we were like, okay, so. Me and my buddy David, we we, we were kind of thinking like maybe we could just do some handyman stuff, like just like light, like yeah, we'll put a, some light fixtures in or you know figure that out mm-hmm. or and um so I'll never forget the day. So <laughs> this is insane. The day we got there, yeah. Um, David and I are talking about putting together like this little like work portfolio, like and just like go print it out at like a paper shop and go like put like papers on people's doorsteps and just being like, Hey, if you need, you know, a light fixture replaced or if you need blinds installed or, you know, just something easy, Uh like call us, you know, and we're sitting there talking about it and we're unloading the trailer, you know, into this townhouse that we, we had gotten in. Um, and around like three o'clock we were just exhausted like the trip. And so I'm like, Hey, there's a Starbucks, you know, a couple miles north of here in Franklin. And like, let's just go grab coffee and come back. And so, uh, so we go down there, we grab coffee, we're walking across the street and I hear this lady go, um, Hey, you guys look like you're in a band. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, she's got a mic in your back pocket, right? Totally. Yeah. And, and what's funny is, is, I'm from California, so immediately I'm like, "Why are you talking to me? Like, what, yeah. what do you want yeah, from me? What here. are you selling? Like, I don't know. You. I don't want to buy it." Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I was my friend David, who's just if you meet him ever, I mean, he's just like the sweetest. He's like a ginormous human being. He's like yeah. six foot seven, I think. I mean, he's just tall and just and he's like. Oh my gosh, you've gotta check this guy out. He's amazing. And I'm You're not that man. person. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, like, don't do that. <laughs> um, and she goes, Well, what kind of music do you do? And I was like, Well, actually, I moved here to kind of pursue Christian music. And she was like, That's crazy. I used to be in a Christian band. I was like, Oh, that's cool, you know. Again, from California. Yeah. I'm like, what Christian band? You know, yeah. what I mean? do you play at your church? Yeah. <laughs> uh and she's like, no, I used to be in this band called FFH, which I don't know if you guys have ever heard of FFH, but they've won like Grammys and like they were like yeah. this ginormous yeah. band like in the late 80s, like into the late 90s. And she just casually drops it on you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my parents have like every <laughs> yeah. single one of your records. Like I've heard like, and she's like, well, send me a demo. Do you have any demos? And I'm like, yeah, I do. She was like, I got a ton of friends in the industry. I'll just wow, toss your wild. demo. And so I uh, I wrote her an email that night with uh, with a couple songs that I, I had done like a couple months prior, and like she's actually the reason why I got a record deal, which wow. is so crazy. The trip to Starbucks. The trip. To, the first day I moved. It plays a role in all of our episodes because um, Ramon and I both work yeah, at Starbucks. Yeah. 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 Starbucks it always gets always brought, gets brought yeah. up. Starbucks, man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. And so after that happened, I got so pumped, but um, we had looked for a job for two weeks and um, we had a friend reach out and I was still kind of waiting to hear back and be like, so 
did this lady even hear the songs or you know she even was she part of the band yeah <laughs> was she, she or was she lying she beats yeah. the starbucks um, that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> serious um she's just walking around telling people yeah. she you're was leaving like, hey. starbucks and you hear the next yeah the next she's person, like, hey you guys look like you're in a band you're yeah like, what the heck? like what is going on you just on? said that to me yeah wait <laughs> yeah yeah she's like i was in fleetwood mac yeah uh, like, like oh okay yeah uh no but um <laughs> so uh we had a buddy of ours who had moved that we knew that I, a current affair had played shows with. They were from, uh, I think like Idaho or I don't, I don't remember where they're from, but he worked as a valet mm-hmm. downtown parking cars. And he goes, I can get you a job tomorrow if you want it. And I was thinking, yeah, I mean, we got to start making money somehow. So, uh, we took that job. Um, and David and I, I guess just because, we were just nice to people. We kind of made our way up in the company pretty quick, which is kind of nice. So we got put at really nice restaurants and we started making pretty decent money and just, you know, we're doing that. And I did that for three years. Mm -hmm. Um, while kind of everything started getting situated because three months after, uh, I had sent that email to Jennifer, the lady that I had met outside of Starbucks. I got an email from four different labels, um, that was like, Hey, we just heard this song. Jennifer Dibler sent it to us, and yeah. we love it. Like, let's let's meet. And so I grabbed Adam, who was the guy that I talked about earlier. That yeah. was like, I'm gonna manage you, and I'm like, okay, we're we're doing this. Yeah. What was the song? Um, it was a song called "I Choose to Love," okay. and then another song um, called uh, "All to You." Okay. Um, and so during that three year stint. I started talking to labels and I was right. They were hooking me up with producers and writers. And so I'm writing. So I would basically the way that it would all work would be is I would work the night shift. So I'd work from five to usually around midnight or one in the morning. And then I'd write from 10 AM to four 30. Yeah. So I'd be writing from 10 to four 30 change get into valet clothes go work and then do that and i was doing that six or seven days a week Jeez. and um i did that for three years and uh then the fourth year um one of the labels uh which is the label i'm signed to is called centricity uh they were like hey we do this thing it's called the indie retreat every year and uh the owners of centricity literally the kindest, most amazing people in the entire world, but they own so much stuff. I mean, it's amazing, but they have like this plot of ridiculous land in the Cascade mountains up in Washington state. And they have like six mansions, like mansions on this land. And they put together these artist retreats. And one of them is the studio house. It's literally like a 12,000 square foot home that has a 8,000 square foot studio inside of it. Like with wow. like one of Elton John's pianos. I mean, we're talking like, it's just sick. Yeah. And so I'm they're telling me all about this. I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, I had to take off a week and I remember the valet job wouldn't give it to me. They're like, sorry, man, we can't give you a week off. So I had to quit. But yeah. right around that time, Uber had come to, oh. to Nashville. Man, Uber, so man. so I was like, 
I'm gonna be an Uber driver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll take so, the opportunity. Yeah, just like, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm gonna be an Uber driver. Um, so I quit that job. I went on the indie retreat, came back. Centricity had offered me a record deal, but I had two, I didn't have two other offers, but I had two other inquiries from Capital and Word, which is Warner Brothers. And so they both wanted to sign me, but they needed me to wait three months. Well, three and six months, but Centricity offered me a deal then. And I really just felt like this pool to that label. Um, Not even because of anything other than the fact that they just, I just loved everybody there. Like, and that's kind of been the way that my life has always been and worked has been like, no man, like I just, Mm -hmm. and, um, so yeah, I literally, I, I signed a deal, um, in February of 15. Um, I drove Uber until, uh, July of 15. Okay. Uh, but, this is also a super crazy <laughs> random thing, but yeah. I, so I drove for Uber and w- like, okay, so let's say I drive for Uber mm-hmm. and you guys wanted to start driving for Uber. Yeah. If I would have like sent you this code or oh, something. Oh, you get the referral bonus. Yeah. 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 So I started doing that, but I only had a couple friends that wanted to drive. Well, this is well, new there too. Yeah. yeah. So then there was this month, uh, it was in, uh, April. Uh, so in April, they had this thing. They were like, hey, um, if you get a referral, for every referral, you get entered in to win a Toyota Prius. Oh my God. And so I was like thinking, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So I'm sitting there thinking, there's no way I'm winning a Prius. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but I had my, my friend David, uh, a different David. Uh, who was playing with a country artist at the time, he was like, hey, I want to drive for Uber. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, um, And somebody said that you can get me a, a referral bonus and you a referral bonus. And I was like, I can. So I got him. He goes out, does the drives. We both get like $500 or something. And, um, and, <laughs> and like, I just didn't even think about it. So three weeks later, I get a phone call and it's, and it and I pick it up and this girl's like, hey, this is Christy from Uber. And she's like, um, we're raffling off the Toyota Prius tomorrow. And uh we would really love it if uh you could be there and uh we're providing lunch and we would like a good turnout. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna go work downtown anyway. So and she was like, We're gonna bring bring Chipotle for everybody. So sold. And I'm like, deal. Yeah, Chipotle, <laughs> let's go. Um, and so I show up and, uh, it's just jam packed with like every Uber driver in Nashville. Who's like ready to win this car. And I'm like, dude, I had one person (laughs) and I'll never forget. There was this dude, Mike, who like was like a legend among all the Uber drivers in Nashville, I guess. And he had gotten like 30 submissions. Okay. And I'm like 30 submissions. I was like, bro, you don't even need this car. Like (laughs) you've made probably $15,000 just on just referrals. referrals. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, dang. Um, but me and Jamie were just about to have our, our baby and we only had one car. So I was just, I was like, well, maybe I will win. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and so like literally like 20 minutes in this lady goes, Hey, we're going to walk outside and we're going to raffle off the car. And I was like, cool. 
and they bring out this ginormous gold thing, like like envelope thing, and it's got my name on it. So they and knew the whole time. Like, Jordan Felice, you've won the Toyota Prius. What? And I was like, no. Are you wait? <laughs> are you serious? Like I was like so confused. I'm like, no, uh-uh. There's no way that happened. Yeah. Um, and I did. Was your wife with you? No, you she was at work. <laughs> oh so my immediately I, I grabbed the car and I drove over and I called her. I was like, look outside your window. Cause she was, she worked at a salon <laughs> and I parked right outside the window Dang. when she worked. And I was like, look outside your window. And she's like, why? I'm, I'm, I literally am with a client. It, Jordan. Yes. I'm like, I'm doing a blowout right yeah. now. I'm like, I'm like, those are big deals. I'm man. like, listen, stop what you're doing and look out the window. And she's like, all of a sudden, I just hear, and she's walking. She's like, I don't know why. Okay, fine. Whose car is that? <laughs> it's our car. What are you talking about? I won that Prius that they raffled off. <laughs> and she's like, what? Oh, I'm like, yeah, God. I won the Prius. And she, we both like freaked out. And anyways, so yeah. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy to me. Such a. I so feel crazy. like from when they called you though, like it was already decided that you they know, like you would needed want you it, there. But she was trying to casually like you know. I, I'm pretty sure that's and exactly what it was. I just picture you there like, oh, free Chipotle, that's cool. Like, yeah. I can't wait to see who wins this. That's tight. That's exactly. And that was <laughs> literally. Oh, we're going outside. Yeah. Okay, let's go. I was just thinking, <laughs> this is gonna save me like a twelve dollar lunch. Tonight. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean, like, yeah. like dope, awesome. Um, so I feel like there's this conception that moving to Nashville or not Nashville. Nashville is just a country music city. Yes. Uh, but as I talk to more and more aspiring or established artists, I'm realizing that's not the case at all. It's a music city. It Yes. Full music. All, yeah. fact, all genres. In fact, I think I heard a statistic. Um, I was writing uh, one of my one of my really good buddies. Um, he uh, writes a lot of country. Mm-hmm. Like he has written two of Florida Georgia lines, like big hits. And... Um, I was writing in the room next to him about a month or two ago and uh and he walked over and he goes, "Dude, um I've got this dude who's like he's like a massive pop writer who's coming in." And I was like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do today." And he was like, "But apparently he just moved here." And I was like, "Really?" I mean, and this guy, I mean, he's worked with like Pharrell and like yeah. all these massive pop artists. And, um, and Mark came in and he looked at me, he's like, bro, uh, Noah, the head of, uh, universal, he, he just came in and he he was talking to me. He was like, yeah, dude, like 96% of the entire music industry, like all, all of the music industry is run out of Nashville right now. That's insane. Isn't that a staggering number? I mean, that's like trip worthy. I'm like 96%. Yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy because, I mean, it's true. I mean, when you think about like, you know, like, do you guys do you guys know who John Bellion is? No. No? Okay. Well, there's a guy named John Bellion. You got to check him out. Um, he's a he's a genius. Um, but like I was writing with another dude um, who's trying to get John to write with him. Yeah. And he, apparently, he's been flying to Nashville to write. Like oh. all the time, yeah, with all these artists that live there, and it's just low key because no one thinks nobody about it that thinks way. about it, and it's just so weird. And um, I think everybody still thinks of Nashville as like country, yeah, yeah. you know, or and like anything else. You go to L.A. exactly, and it's so funny because L.A. I mean, L.A. still obviously they've got a bunch of 
just fire writers, but uh-huh. they're they're all the people that I feel like they've already made it. Exactly. It's like Max. Yeah. Of course, Max Martin lives in Malibu. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like all these guys that write with Katy Perry and Taylor Swift and yeah. stuff. But everybody else who's kind of on their way up, the yeah. grind is Nashville. Yeah. So was it intimidating when you first moved there, and having to like stick out out of all these people? I. You know, it's funny. I've been asked that a couple times, and I've never thought of it like that. And I yeah. think the reason why is because um, that is a very California thing to say. Gotcha. And the moment you get to Nashville, that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, um, when I got to Nashville, that was my mentality, Yeah. was how do I outshine all these incredibly talented people? But what's crazy is when you get there, this is what's so infectious about Nashville. And, I mean, it's kind of losing a little bit of its charm because people are moving there. I mean, they're just flocking there. Yeah. So there's there's some duds now, but I felt like when we got there, the entire city was just full of gems, but it's just a city of people that literally want to watch you win. Gotcha. Like that's cool. And I think that that's the coolest thing about our city is like legit, bro. I mean, it's, it's like when you got there, you would, you go and you'd see somebody and you're like, how could I ever sing like that? Or how could I ever play guitar or play piano like that or anything? And, you walk up and you shake their hand and they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a singer. And they're like, bro, we should, we should write. Yeah. Or let's do this or let's do that. Or man, who, who are you trying to, you know, what are you trying to do? And yeah. it's like, oh, well, I'd love to do this or, you know, do that. And he's like, oh, bro, dude, I was hanging out with Toby Mac two days ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll send him your number and yeah. like, you guys go hang out. Like, it's, it's just stuff like that. Like that's, it's never like, it's never like, the it's just it's it took me years yeah. to to kind of break that I'm gonna step on your face yeah. to get above it's you. It's not so you much know? like I'm better than them or they're better than me. It's they're different. Ex- yeah, and that's what they bring to the table. And I think that that's like one of the things that I got told something in January that shook a lot of like uh, anxiety and depression that I kind of had gotten trapped in. Um, but uh, this is a very like pastoral biblical like reference thing here but um i a lot of people in in our lives you hear this all the time but people tell you to stay in your lane yeah and um i was riding with a guy in la and he's like this ginormous pop producer he's just ridiculous dude and like he's like at the top you know what i mean he's just one of those dudes and uh but he's a believer and, and I was talking to him about, you know, all this anxiety I was feeling about being, cause I get compared to like our Christian music's very small. So yeah. you, you kind of end up rubbing elbows with a lot of people cause it's mm-hmm. like a small amount of people, but you're also in, in this tiny little bubble, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, he was saying, he was like, bro, anybody that's telling you to stay in your lane, you need to pluck them out of your life like a weed. Oh, wow. And I was like, yikes. I was like, okay, I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he goes, and here's the reason why. He was like, if I put you in a lane, what would you be doing in that lane? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd be driving. And he's like, exactly. He's like, are you seriously? Are you, you're telling me right now that you are the driving force of your life? I was like, yikes. Yeah, that's uh, that's deep. I was like, well, 
no. And he's like, well, everybody who's telling you to stay in your lane, that's exactly what they're telling you, that you're doing everything in your own strength, that you're working, you're driving, you're doing, you are in control and you're not. And he said, let me tell you something that changed my life. He said, there are no lanes. You have an assignment. Yeah. And that is your only priority is the assignment that you've been given. And as long as you follow your assignment, everything will be fine. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, you're, he was like, the only place that you're headed is a destination. There are no windows. There are no, there's nothing. Yeah. There are only two ways to view and it's either yeah. you look down or you look up. Gotcha. And, uh, it was just one of those things that I was like, dang, yeah, like, that's a huge statement, yeah. you know, but I feel like it really helped because I think for a lot of people, we get really distracted. Like even like, I'm, I mean, I love what you guys do and like you're highlighting businesses and things that have come out of Fresno and all these things. And I think like, even like that Cali mindset of just like, I've got to do better than this person or I've yeah. got to, man, look at what they're doing. Like, yeah. look at what this business is doing. Look what this restaurant's doing. We're not doing that. Or, you know, look. yeah. And, and it's just, to me, I'm like, man, that quickly like ripped all of that out of my mind. Yeah. It was like, no man, like I don't even good. It, it helped me applaud the yeah. win of the other, of whoever it is. Yeah. Like, it's like, yo, I just started a restaurant, you know, or whatever. And this restaurant is crushing it. But instead of me being like, why are they not coming here? Why it's, I get to applaud them and yeah. their win because that's not my assignment. I don't own that restaurant, but I do own this one. And if I sew into this, yeah, then I'm going to get exactly what I'm supposed to. And, and I'm going to be exactly where I'm supposed to be as long as I focus on that instead of putting time and energy into somebody yeah. else's thought, you know, reminds me of, one of my good friends always says the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's green where you water where it. Where you water it. Yeah, totally. You know? Yep. I love a good metaphor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't ever heard anything like that before. When you started talking, I was trying to like, where's he going to go with this? Like, how is yeah. this going to change? And totally. I was like, oh, like you're on the road. There's a destination, but you still have to get off on an exit. You still got to change lanes. You got to, you know, take this joint, this junction or whatever like that. I was like, I yeah. get it. You're allowed to change lanes. Just use a metaphorical turn signal. Yeah. But then like you didn't say that. I was like, oh, dang it. I'm not following. <laughs> and then you brought it in. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Like, that's perfect. Yeah. So I, I, I live for a good metaphor. That was great. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Thanks. <laughs> I want to take that one with it me. It changed me, dude. Yeah. It, it, it's really, it solved a lot of, I, th I think that's like a, it's a human nature thing for us. Mm -hmm. It's like. Oh, totally. That we just have in us of just like, and we want to, obviously it's not a call to not work hard or mm. to not like you know, care, <laughs> yeah. but it is a, it is a call to stop putting so much time and effort into comparing ourselves to other people. Cause yeah. that's not what we're designed to do. So, um, when you first started touring and going on the road, what, how hard of an adjustment was it to live that life? The road life? It was really hard. Do you find that you're you ever did adjust to it or every day's or every tour is different or every date is different? Uh, -uh. well, it's gotten easier okay. as it's gone on. Yeah. Um, but the initial leap into touring was very difficult. Um, and the only reason why is because my wife... So my first single was a song called The River. 
And that song came out um, 11 days after my baby girl was born, my first child. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then a week after that, I left for three weeks. Wow. Jeez. Oh, and then I came home, and I was home for a couple months. But then in January, I left, and I left on a tour that was 64 dates. Wow. Uh, and that tour went so the way that that tour is is they play 12 shows and then they have 10 days off um but in the 10 days off we booked another tour in between what that out in Arizona for this like acoustic thing yeah um and so dude that season was so rough dude yeah, cuz all of a sudden it's like my wife is working, you know, 50 hours a week and we have a brand new baby. And like, there's just like, it was just chaos. It and felt the, like, it yeah. felt like I never saw my family ever. You and know? at the time, the song, the river's blowing up. Yes. That's yep. the song that changed your life. It completely changed my life. hundred percent. Yep. I can't imagine. Just, I mean, <laughs> normal dad over here, like having a baby, <laughs> I understand, but totally. I can't imagine. You still come home every night. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... There, it's funny because man, there's, there's a lure to that for me sometimes, yeah. but then there's that sense of me that's like I wouldn't change it if yeah. for anything, and I know that my wife loves what I do and she really she's a huge supporter of what I do and this is more of a, this isn't like just a me thing. This is yeah. like a, a family thing because I couldn't yeah. do this without the support of my family and so, um, but yeah, dude, it, but now obviously. We're not playing, you know, I think we almost played 250 shows that year. Yeah. And, you know, you have to put in that grind when you're like, I feel like out coming. Yeah. Yep. First out the gates. And now yeah. it's like you're a little more established. Exactly. And I think you can kind of pick and choose a little yeah. bit more and you can say, no. I'm learning how to say no. Yeah. I'm very bad at it, but um, I'm learning how to, you know, do the things I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. Did it's, you go to the Grammys this last year? I did not go. No. Okay. Nope. Because I know like a lot of Christian artists go, but they're not yeah. the ones that are on TV. Exactly. They don't show the awards. They never show. Yeah, they never show them. Cause they Just curious. Sorry. Yeah. Came oh, no. Quick. <laughs> no sweat. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, my label mate, Lauren Daigle, was there, though. She's blowing up right now. Dude, dude, she's... She hit the mainstream. That's like... I know. As a Christian artist to be on normal radio. It's amazing, dude. Have you had that moment yet where you've just been somewhere or driving and randomly... A song comes on, and you're just like, whoa, that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> yeah. Every time you hear it. Every time I hear it, it's kind of weird. I feel like the weird part yeah. would be if you're in like a public place, and there's the background music that they continually have going, it's going, and then you're just sitting there, and you're like, oh. That, it's happened several times. That's got to be so weird. We, my wife and I, we were, uh, I flew out to L.A. to write with some people in L.A. Um, in January, and we were walking around uh, have you been to the Century City Mall? Mm -hmm. It's like super cool. It's like our favorite place to go and hang when we're in LA. And um, and so we're walking around, and my wife is shopping at the Sephora inside the Nordstrom, and my song "Changed" came on like loud, <laughs> and I was like, "This is weird." And so Jamie starts taking video, and she's like, "This is weird." <laughs> And what's so strange is, like, right around the corner, we, like, were hearing uh, 
the ladies talk and yeah. she's like, I love this one. Turn it up. And so then it gets louder. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I just want to run. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm for like, you, that's like, I just, ah, uh, what's going to happen? Like, yeah. Just, I'm like, Oh, uh, this is so weird. Um, but yeah, we've had that happen a couple of times. The river gets played in coals all the time. Like that's fun. All I've, the time. I've heard it in like different, like big corporate places. Like yeah. That. Um, so I've heard it. I've heard it several times. It's 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 definitely a trip. It's yeah. super weird. Yeah. It's probably one of those things you'll never get used to, I feel like. No. It's and when you do, I I don't even want to get to that place when you do. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like that'd be a scary place to be. Like, when you hear it on the radio, do you change it or do you just let it play? Oh, I just let it play, man. Okay. Yeah. It's too fun to not let it yeah, play. You true. know what I mean? It's I've I feel like that's like I don't know, like slapping the blessing. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? That's a good way to look at it. Like, thank you, Jesus, but I'm changing it. Yeah, (laughs) but no thank you today. Yeah, yeah, no thank you. Um, Before we wrap up, we had talked about it before the show, and you guys were kind of discussing it, where you really wish you could just come back to town and provide, drop some knowledge on some aspiring artists, or even if you could go back in time, just talk to yourself and give yourself some advice. If you could narrow it down to like one or two things... What would those two things be to anyone listening or if you know in some parallel universe you are listening? Well, these are the, th- I mean, a couple things. I think the thing that I probably would have told myself, and I mean, I would tell somebody else. Um, well, first off, I would probably tell myself that it's not like that thing is not going to come find you. Mm-hmm. Like you have to actually work for it. Yeah. Um, Cause I think there is like this, like this odd underlying tone, um, of even just playing around like California that like talent is talent. And like, I'm like, somebody's going to find me and I'm it just finds like, a way to yeah happen. And it's like, it just kind of doesn't work like that. No. <laughs> like no. the random um, record executive is going to be in that bar that you play at. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, and I think the other thing is just like, like the work ethic thing, man. Like, you know, like even I, th- I think people like are scared to, cause they're scared to commit to working almost. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, they're scared to put the effort into it. You know, um, like I still live at my mom and dad's house and I'm working really hard. It's like, yeah. no, you're not yeah. like, you're not working hard if you live at mom and dad's house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I mean, you, you might be in your mind, but you're, you're not yet. You yeah. know what I mean? And someday you will. But I think like, that's what I would have told myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would have been like, bro, like you can do better. Yeah. Like you can, you, and, and even though it might look like you can't right now, you can, mm-hmm. and you'll figure it out, but you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta take the leap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I could literally probably talk about this yeah. for like another two hours. Because like <laughs> yeah. for I feel me, like we could talk for another two literally, hours in general. Literally, um, but uh, but yeah, dude, I I have like a passion for a lot. Of, like I have a lot of friends. I know you guys have talked to my buddy Connor Moriarty, friend of the yeah. show. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we we text quite frequently just because I mean he just made a big move to L.A. and I've been talking to him about it for you know two years about you know him just taking that leap, man, mm-hmm. and just going, you know? Um, and 
I think it's a necessary thing, you know? Yeah. It's just a necessary... And no matter what you want to do, you yeah. know? And it doesn't necessarily mean getting out of Clovis or getting out of Fresno. It just means there is a leap in which you have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? There, There's nothing great comes out of being content. Yeah. Like, nothing. You have like, to throw yourself in the you've fire. You've got to, dude. Like, yeah. you've got to... It's just like what you're doing right now, man. Like, yeah. you got to, like post up and just get it done and be like, Hey, we're doing this like, yeah. and be on, on fire for it and have a passion for it and just dive in man, and commit. And, and like passion is such like a hard to come by thing yeah. nowadays. It's like people are so just complacent with life and very like, Oh, I'm so comfortable. And yeah. you know, you're like, Oh yeah. But, I see greatness in you, but the potential. You, you gotta yeah. want it though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so anyways, cool. Yeah. You know, you said you're working on saying no more often to people. I'm so glad you said yes to us though. Dude, yeah, it's been a I, solid conversation. Well, yeah. I'm I'm glad I did too. And honestly, like I said, like I've been trying to say yes to things I want to do and I really wanted to do this. Like we appreciate it. it. Like um I, I love stuff like this. So. Yeah, dude. And for you to stop by on your tour, your one day off here in Fresno. Thanks. Literally oh, is bro. one day off, guys. Like, it, yeah, <laughs> it means a lot. Dude, no, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Cool. So you guys can obviously find Jordan on Apple Music. I'm sure anywhere you find music. Anywhere. Uh, yep. What's your, we always get the Instagram uh, shout out. Is it just, just Jordan Felice? At Jordan Felice. Yeah. Twitter is a know. little tricky. It's like at Jordan underscore Felice. Okay. Yeah. Does someone swoop on that name? Yeah. We've been we'll trying to get him. it for like five years. We'll find Jeez. Him. We'll get them. Yeah. They've got like three followers too. Oh, so they're not I'm even like, using oh, it. Oh, man. Dare. All right, Twitter, do your thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, Twitter. No, right. but, um, but yeah, thanks, guys. Cool. And thank you guys for listening. Um, and we didn't mention this earlier. We do have a Patreon now. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash IOI man podcast. And don't forget, just be nice to people. We'll catch you next time.